1: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon Podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Discover
4: a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids.
6: I've been saying since a very young age that I was going to be a millionaire. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of Bitcoin, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: Welcome to Checking In with Michelle Williams, a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect. Hey family you know I love you and I got a question for you maybe two questions do you feel like you're working just to pay off your credit cards you feel like you live in paycheck to paycheck or have you wanted to invest but it all sounds very confusing well my next guest has all those answers for you coming up next on checking in Okay, y'all, I'm so excited about today's guest. We had been DMing each other on Instagram for a while saying, when you gonna come on Checking In or I've gotta meet you. She is a sought after financial consultant and expert for shows like The Table, Bloomberg Radio, and Business Insider. She's also an author, podcaster, educator, and yes, she's a mama of three. Please welcome Raquel Curtis to Checking In. Hey, Michelle. Oh, man, that intro. I was like, who is that? <laughs> Honey, listen. And y'all, she you might really know her as the bougie banker, which was definitely a catchy name on Instagram. I followed her immediately because there was something that she posted that was on the Explorer page. Mm. And it seems like we follow some of the same mutual good people. So I was like, OK, I know she we're we're going to be in great company with each other.
0: Yes, I'm so excited to be here. When you followed me, I had to check. I was like, wait a minute, hold on, Michelle, Michelle. So I'm just so excited. I called
7: my mama immediately. (laughs) Please, hey mama. We started following each other because during the pandemic, the whole crypto and Forex thing became something very popular. And I began following you because you were so educational. And there's a disclaimer, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, she is a financial consultant, but you must speak with your own advisor because what she's going to say to you are suggestions and not necessarily advice. So what I liked on your Instagram page, um, Raquel, was that you had great suggestions about banking, investment mm-hmm. um, in crypto. And at that time, Forex can be s- considered an investment. So I began following you for some education and all that good stuff. And I'm glad I did. Thank you. So how did you get started in the field of um, consulting in the area of financing?
0: This is a, a very long story of being broke. <laughs> mm. So uh-huh. uh, originally... You know, I went to school, went to Savannah State University, graduated with a degree in criminal justice, and I went on to become a correctional officer. Now, this entire time, I was like, that's my field. We had to take one semester of math. I'm good. And that's exactly where I stayed up until uh, I was pregnant with my now 10-year-old. And Mm. there was a fight that broke out between two inmates. And in that moment, I was thinking about doing my job and I ran to go break up the fight. One of the inmates fell on my stomach. I was placed on bed rest for the duration of that pregnancy. And then when she was born, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And so I became a stay-at-home mom. Mm. And so During that time, you know, obviously I love my children. Obviously, you know, I love that whole dynamic, but I really felt like I worked too hard not to feel myself grow as an individual anymore. So, since we couldn't afford to send my daughter to child care, I just got a job at the local daycare. I was making $7.25 an hour. And with a degree, that was kind of hard to swallow. <laughs>
3: mm. But you do what you have mm-hmm. to
0: do. And I started paying attention to what management was doing, what the owners were doing. And I was like, you know what? You can figure this out. You're smart enough. So, I started taking um, CDA classes. So, just childhood certification classes on the weekend. Okay. And then I started Mm -hmm. watching people's children, which eventually bled into it being its own in-home daycare. Now, this point, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm like doing the entrepreneur thing. This is great. But I was learning business and a few things transpired just with my family. And so I ended up closing down my daycare. Mm -hmm. A few years later, my youngest was born. And, you know, I'm 5'9". I have an athletic build. So after she was born, people were asking me, How did you snap back so quick, sis? This year, my daughter's born on July first. My birthday's July fifteenth. How did you snap back so quick? And I have all of this experience from being a collegiate athlete, play basketball, ran track my whole life. You know, so I'm like, I can train them to help them get into shape. You know, I could do this. So I started helping people, and I realized that I enjoyed it, and I was doing very well at it. So I. Got my certification to be a personal trainer. A few months after that, about six months after that, I opened the first women's only gym with childcare in my city. And so everything was going great.
7: Wait, 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 wait. The first gym with childcare in your city. In what city is this? This was
0: Covington, Georgia. Wow. In the country, in the sticks. So, you know, I had seven employees, 1,700 square foot building. And then unfortunately one day I was headed home and this older gentleman ran a red light. He T-boned my vehicle. I was put in a neck brace for about six months. I had over 16 spinal injections. At that point, I could not work or work out for a year. So all of the hard work, all of the funds that I put into that space, I watched my accounts drain completely into the negative. Mm. Most of them closed out in the red. And so I was in a season to where, you know, we had two income earner expenses on one source of income. We needed food stamps, couldn't qualify for them you know, we were having conversations with each other. Like, did you eat? And he'd be like, yeah. And he didn't eat. And he'd ask me and I didn't eat, but we made sure the kids had food. And, you know, maybe there was places where we could have reached out to, but there's a certain level of pride and ego that really came into that at the time. And you just didn't want people to know what was going on, you know? And so Mm -hmm. um, eventually I was able to go back to work and what I realized I was doing. I was working at FedEx overnight. I was working at the front desk of a hotel during the day and I was selling life insurance. And so I'm doing all this hustling and grinding and getting it. And I'm realizing the entire time I'm working this hard and nothing is coming out of it because I'm continuing to chase what that lifestyle looks like from being a business owner, opposed to actually building wealth or even starting to build wealth or what building wealth look like. So. How I ended up becoming a banker was, you know, I had to have a hard look at myself because we were still living paycheck to paycheck, even though we both were working and things just were going south fast. And mm. So eventually it was just myself and my girls. And I had to have a hard look at my life and say, you know, is this the life that I want for my daughters? And, and it wasn't. So I started watching YouTube videos, downloading templates, you know, trying to do everything that YouTube said I should do. And a budget worked, the templates worked for about two weeks (laughs) and about two weeks. And as soon as life would happen, I would go right back to the same habits and behaviors that caused me to be broke the first time. You know, so I looked at my babies and I said, something's gotta change. I started asking myself some really hard questions around money that had to do with my relationship and not the numbers.
3: Mm
0: that point when I changed what that conversation looked like with myself, when I started checking in with myself.
7: Come on. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. When I come on.
0: Checking in with myself, I was really able to change that. I started to build, learn, study about financial literacy. I started to study investments. I started to get around people, places, and things that spoke like. And I was able to change from having closed out bank accounts to having you know multiple five-figure investment portfolios, multiple five-figure savings accounts. And at this point in time, I'm still hustling. I'm still getting I'm working these multiple jobs. And my best friend was a banker. She said, you know, you, you've gotten really good with money. Have you thought about taking this on as a career?
7: Thanks, friend. What's your friend's, friend's name? Lisa, thank you, girl.
0: Thanks, Lace. <laughs> so I became a banker and it was literally the best thing that could have ever happened to me. At this point in time, I had gone through so many up and down swings with money and I'd finally gotten it together. So when people were sitting with me, I wasn't just opening accounts, I wasn't just getting credit cards for them. I was looking at the red in their account and I saw myself. So I started helping them build budgets that was holding them accountable to their budget. And I thought that this is my, like, this is where I'm supposed to be, you know? And I wanted to climb that corporate ladder, but unfortunately, Or, fortunately, December 3rd of 2020, I walked into work. My manager let me know that due to the pandemic, they had to make some decisions and they had to let me go. And they let go of three bankers in my branch, they let go of thousands of bankers company wide. And I felt myself in that same position again. Like, I don't want to lose everything I just built. I worked so hard for it. So Mm. I leaned on my experiences from the past and being an entrepreneur with my newfound knowledge of money management. And I said, you know what? I just wanna help people. That's all I wanna do is just continue to help people. So between December 3rd of 2020 and today, my book has sold. I wrote a book, I'm a first time author. My book has sold in seven countries and it's dealing with their relationship with money.
7: Yes. It is called Living Bougie and Balanced, Mastering Your Money Mindset. Mm-hmm. And, it, um, you know, it's almost sold in every state in the U.S. And I'm really grateful for that.
0: You know, my brand operates in over 30 countries now. And I really give it to the grace of God.
7: Now, do you think had you not been let go from your job, would you have done the book?
0: No, I don't. I don't think so.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
1: your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. (laughs) You couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's
5: like the police knew who he was before they
1: got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption.
2: We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to
1: flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids' podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon, and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes, packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts
7: the pandemic birthed millionaires entrepreneurs because it pushed people out of comfort zones absolutely
0: yeah i i cried snot nose boohoo like can i, I say out of my friends like cried all the way home and then the next day i woke up and i was like yeah, it's time to get to it you have do- it's christmas time yeah. You have dogs. yeah it's, it's time to go
7: yeah And by the way, what you did is actually recommended where you give yourself, depending on the situation, 24 to 48 hours to mourn something. Mm -hmm. And then after that, you got to get up and start looking at solutions. Now, it's not to say after that 72nd hour or beyond that you still won't feel sad. Mm -hmm. But I'm so glad within those 48 hours, you was like, All right, (laughs) I'm going to wipe these tears. Yes, I'm sad. It's something called filling your feelings, right? And I'm so glad that you literally got up. You got up. So yeah, I am so happy for you. Now in your book, you dive into healing uh, the underlying relationship with money that we tend to ignore before focusing on the numbers. Mm -hmm. So where do most of the underlying issues come from?
0: So I'm a firm believer that Our thoughts, behaviors, actions, all of those things are shaped from our childhood and our environments that we grew up in. Mm. And what I love about checking in is that in chapter four, you talk about that. You talk about your childhood. And this is such a good book, by the way. I love it.
7: Thank you. You're welcome.
0: And um, I have it here highlighted. You said, so when I reflect, I have to start with the relationships I had with my mom and my dad and I have to ask myself some tough questions. You know, there's something that we are told is that be careful how you raise your children because they will grow up dating someone just like you. You've heard that before? Yeah. And so the Mm -hmm. same thing happens with your relationship with money. So if you grew up in an abusive household Right. Where let's just say it's verbally abusive and you're constantly told you're stupid and that, you know, Mm. you're ugly or what have you. Just all these derogatory things, demeaning things that you're told when you start dating the person that you date, if they call you stupid, you're not going to recognize that as a red flag. You're just going to be like you're
7: familiar with trauma. You're familiar with abuse. So it looks like I belong here. Absolutely. And where that differs is if you're
0: a child who grew up in a loving and supportive household where they say, you know, you're intelligent, you can do anything, you're so beautiful, then when you grow up, if you come across that type of person that calls you stupid or they don't speak life into you, you're gonna say, hold up, hold up, that uh, -uh. that's that's not me. Because you recognize that as a red flag. The same thing happens with your relationship with money. If you grew up and all you saw was your parents worked super hard for that money and all they did was spend it or they argued about money all the time or they were constantly tired because they were working all the time and just never had any space to live and breathe, chances are that you grew up reflecting some of those same habits with your relationship with money.
7: Wow. So how you saw your parents handle money is possibly how you will handle money.
0: Your parents or your environment. or you know, some people grew up with their grandparents. Okay. Some of the people they look up to may not have been their mom and dad. May have been, you know, an auntie, or uncle. It's, it's your environment. It shapes you. Your habits, your behaviors, your triggers, it shapes you.
7: You are so right. I remember growing up, my mother wanted us to make sure that we had good credit. Mm-hmm. And she would always say, you don't want to not be able to get a lollipop on credit. She would always stress to us about good credit. And so to this day, I have probably got every alert possible for credit. (laughs) Or when you pay your credit card balances at a certain time, you know, it can positively or negatively affect credit because of certain cycles with credit. And trust me, I remember that. I also remember seeing investment envelopes come to the house, Mm -hmm. like my mother was investing Mm. and that was so good to see. But at the same time, a lot of the arguments stemmed across money. That's really a relationship killer if... Compromise or resolution around finances is not quickly figured out. Absolutely. And there's another
0: one too. You, have you heard as long as you have a roof over your head, clothes on your back, and food in your stomach, don't worry about it? Stay in a child's place. Yep. So I just think it's so interesting that growing up, we're taught the golden rule about how to treat others, but we're not taught the golden rule about how to treat money when that's literally mm. what we need to survive. And so for most of us, our first relationship with money was when we were already in debt because we went to college, got financial aid, and then now we're an adult who has a negative relationship with money out the gate because now we're trying to swim upstream.
7: Y'all, if y'all are in college and you're on the yard, do not. (laughs) I don't know, but back in the day, every credit card company was on the yard, honey, and they... After you fill out the application, you get a free bag of peanut M and M's or a calculator. Pizza. Stuff you, stuff you need
0: oh don't you do it. They had to shut okay. them down from doing that. That was like predatory lending practices.
7: Really? So they did. So this was between the years 1997 and 1999 when I was in college. So it's good to know that they don't do that anymore. If they I'm hearing
0: you correct. Creative. You know, they they find their ways. I was 18 with a credit score of 720 and didn't know it. You know, I, I grew up in an environment where my mom worked extremely hard. And okay. I had the benefit of being a spoiled brat But I had zero value attachment to money. And my grandfather, he, you know, did what he did. And by the time I was 18, I had a credit score of 720. I didn't know what credit was. Wow. I got my first credit card and maxed it out on my boyfriend.
7: (laughs) Girl, that's a whole other episode. You was being sugar mama. I was a whole sugar mama. (laughs) Lord Jesus, God bless. We won't hold it against you. We've all done some... I won't say stupid, unwise. Unwise. We've done some unwise things as it relates to love, relationships, and money. Now, because you talked about the underlying issues, sometimes those underlying issues can create certain triggers as it relates to money. What's one of the steps that you would suggest so that folks can start feeling more positive about
0: money? Yeah, the... The first thing you need to do to start feeling more positive about your relationship with money is to definitely have the hard conversation first. And then when you identify what your triggers are, you'll be able to start developing healthy boundaries around those triggers. So identifying what your triggers are is key. We all have a reason why we impulsively spend our money, whether it's a positive reason or a negative reason. And it could be argued if your friends and family members are a positive reason or if they're a negative reason, but there's still reasons why we do it. And so you could say that I'm going to take some time and I'm going to write down every positive reason as to why I impulsively spend my money. And then draw a line down the paper. And on the opposite side, you're going to write every negative emotion that's attached to why you spend your money impulsively. Mm. So maybe mm-hmm. if you're, you know, stressed at work or exhausted, you know, those are reasons why. Now, how you get into a happier place with this is everything that's in the positive column, you need to factor it into your money management plan because you're gonna do it anyways. It makes you feel good. Everything that falls up in the negative column, you should write if-then statements around. If I am stressed, then my response is instead of I'm going to go and shop on Amazon or Fashion Nova and have these temporary moments of joy and then feel guilty about spending the money anyway, right? Facts. You're going to say, if I feel stressed, then I'm going to run a nice hot bath and play some relaxing music or that's free. It's free. Or, <laughs> you know, I'm at, I'm going to get on the phone and just gossip with my girlfriends or what, what have you. But change it from you spending the money to you doing an activity that will change the emotional attachment to why you're spending mm.
7: the money. OK, y'all, when I do these podcasts, they just don't be for y'all. It's for me, too. You know, and these are great notes. I have accounting and business management, but I love when they can tell a difference in a spending habit or you ain't used this credit card. Let me tell you something. There are certain emails that you get from your credit card company if you haven't used it Mm -hmm. in like a week or two. They start sending you stuff to make sure you're still there. You're still alive. (laughs) What's going on? I love when I get the I I can look at a certain email and know, oh, it's because I haven't touched it, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and so that does make me feel good. So, y'all, when I've got people on here, trust me, I'm listening for me, too. So those were some great steps that you gave us. Mm -hmm. Have you found that it's true that if you stress about money or feel that you don't have money, that somehow it manifests into you not having money? Absolutely. Come on.
0: You have to change the conversation and to be quite frank the conversation didn't change for me until i changed my environment you have to change your thought process because words are things thoughts are things and you will eventually speak into your life what you have or what you don't have and so i started learning that concept really when i became a part of a company and they focused on personal development And then I was encouraged to go out to a Bob Proctor event. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I was going to Believe Nation events. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. And flip the whole script. So, yes, you can definitely speak wealth or So we
7: both are familiar with the leader of Believe Nation and how he would break down the word future. Yes. Right. And how we we discover that the word future means the time or period of time following the moment of speaking or writing. Absolutely. We ain't God, but we show got a hand, a small pinky to do with our future by what we say. And that includes money. So what do you have to say to the person that's like, Raquel, Miss Bougie Banker, I hear you but I've been struggling with money all my life. I can never make, I'm barely making ends meet. Y'all always talking about this positive speaking and what you say matters, but I'm broke. (laughs) Baby daddy ain't coming through with the child support.
0: Listen, because that was me once upon a time, um, I will definitely say this. You either have an income issue or you have an effort issue. It's one or the other. And so if you have an income issue, then it can be fixed because it's just the activity has to change, which also equates to the effort that you put into your situation. The only person who has power over where you currently are and where you will or will not be six months to a year from now is you. So if you're constantly complaining about not having, then that activity is not going to match For you to have the things that you desire to have, even if it's not wealth, maybe you just want to live comfortably. Maybe you just want to be happy. Yeah. But if the activity is not adding up to you getting there, you're never going to achieve it. So the question really becomes, are you more complacent with complaining than you are for being in the search of growth? That's that's really the question.
7: It's tight, but it's right. Y'all don't want to hear that good preaching today. The walls just said amen, because y'all, I'm not hearing nobody say amen. Ouch. As they say, if you can't say amen, say ouch. What did Pastor Daniel say? Y'all not hearing me. (laughs) okay? As he said, did you hear what I just said? (laughs) Y'all, did y'all hear what the woman just said? That, that stings, especially if you know that is you. And the, the point of checking in is to have great testimonials of this episode changed my life. It snapped me back into a, a positive mindset or it helped me evaluate my mindset when it comes to money. Because a lot of people also think you have to already come from a, a 37% tax bracket to have wealth. Or you can't have made as many mistakes as, um, I've made so many mistakes, Michelle. I've done this, I've done that. God, there's no possible way that I can get myself out of this. And I'm telling you, some of the worst of the worst have made complete changes in their life, not only in their mindset and their relationships, but with money. And you are right. Maybe your goal is to make 60,000 a year because you know in your demographic, 60,000 a year, is amazing. Those of y'all that live in New York, 60,000 might not cut it. So it is okay to set certain financial goals for yourself. Just like you said, as long as that effort is matching, I want folks that are listening to this episode to have like breakthrough with their mindset as it pertains to money and freedom that a budget gives you. Absolutely. Freedom that good credit gives you, freedom that a savings account gives you to where you know if something should happen, I got a couple months of income set aside. And listen, I have compassion for those that are like, Michelle, I can't do a couple months of income right now because I I do have children or or I take care of my entire household. You got 20-year-olds that are the breadwinners. Mm -hmm. So my heart goes out to you, but I'm telling you at the end of the day, If life goes the way it's supposed to go, you will be left standing after your loved ones that are in that house go on to heaven. So you got to have a place where you can dip back into and love on yourself financially.
0: If I can say, Michelle, like, you know, that journey is hard.
7: What I don't want to do is to make it seem like,
0: well, I'm going to pick myself up by the bootstraps and here we go. Like, you know, it's, it's a very hard journey. There are a lot of conversations that you have to have with yourself. And sometimes you're going to be the only person who believes in yourself. Sometimes right. you're going to cry yourself to sleep at night because the thing is, is that dealing with changing your financial picture is dealing with changing you. And so that's a whole personal development journey that you have to go through. And there's conversations that current you need to change so future you can appear, right? And so if you're saying like, okay, I'm struggling, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, change the conversation and say, why am I struggling? Why am I living to paycheck? What decisions have I made or have not made that are keeping me in this current financial situation? And what is it costing me to stay here?
7: Especially if you have children.
5: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting
2: changes everything. AT&T.
8: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests.
1: a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. I'm Abby, a mother of two, and I had these battles myself. Endless excuses, delay tactics, and many tears and tantrums. But I've created a solution. The perfect kids' podcast that makes bedtime a dream. It's called Koala Moon and it's hosted by me, Abby. With over 300 episodes packed with original stories and sleep meditations, Koala Moon makes bedtimes easy and enjoyable. Episodes start out engaging and really rather magical, but as they progress, they gently slow to a calm and relaxing pace to have your little ones out like a light. Since launching in 2022, Koala Moon has helped with over 20 million nights sleep and received over 6,000 five-star reviews. Win back your evenings. Listen to Koala Moon now on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Checking in is going to be about
7: breakthrough. Yes, we have fun conversations as it relates to mental health and we have heavy conversations about mental health. But I love to talk about finances because mental health and finance do play. There is a psychology as it relates to how you view money. Now, let's talk about another part of stress and money and how do you find that women and men deal with stress about money differently?
0: Uh, I think there's dynamics to it. So when you're talking about a household like a married couple, right? Um, there's a certain support system that they give each other where mm. I feel if the husband is the bread, the breadwinner, then he feels the brunt of the stress because the wife is there to, you know, kind of make things easier or help help with the conversation. Um, I've seen the dynamic kind of go back and forth because mm. I've seen where the husband will complain about how much money the wife is spending because he doesn't understand the dynamic of the household because he's always working, right? And I've seen it vice versa as well, where the woman is the the head. She's the one that's bringing in the money, who's paying the bills. And, you know, the focus is is a little different. I feel like men tend to focus on career more, where women tend to focus on future, tend to focus on their their kids and what their kids need. Yeah, It's transparent in the future. When you're talking okay. about individually, I can't say that I've noticed too much of a difference when you're just talking about two single individual people because they're focused on career development, advancement, you know, their financial picture. I don't really see too much of a difference there.
7: Okay. Okay. You are amazing. You are amazing. Now, you talked about at one particular time being a banker that has helped women all over the world stop living paycheck to paycheck. We found through LendingTree they published a study that nearly 11 million homes, 10.7 million homes are owned by single women. Mm-hmm. While single men own approximately 8.12 million homes in the country. This comes despite American women making less than men in median earnings for 2021.
0: There's been studies that came out to say that women do a better job with saving. We do a better job with planning for the future and executing in that. There have been studies that- Honey,
7: we do a better job at planning for the future, honey. And we ain't waiting on you to buy the house. They said that what you <laughs> give a woman, she will multiply. Okay, <laughs> she bears the children, okay, for that reason, to bring multiplication. Mm-hmm. My mom would always tell, she would. She hates when I buy a house. Why don't you wait for the man to do it? But that's that generation. She was born in the 50s mm-hmm. where the man did buy the house. As far as I'm concerned, I can buy this house. just buy the other one you just buy our beach house you know what i'm saying so you know i'm okay with that Mm uh what it is we are in the winter months leading up to tax season yes tax season is here Mm -hmm. chat what what are some of the mistakes that people make when filing on their own
0: filing on their own that's the mistake (laughs) There are people who are tax professionals for a reason, you guys. Okay. There are simple mistakes that you can make in your taxes, such as just not putting information incorrectly, not marking your deductions correctly, that can really hurt you. Just stop being cheap. Okay. Just pay for what will keep you out of the IRS's call (laughs) log.
7: I used to e-file. I used to do my own, my very first job in like the mid-90s. I was working at at a retail spot and I used to do my own taxes. Mm -hmm. When you're only making 10 G's a year, what you claiming? What you claiming? Yeah, well. (laughs) (laughs) So you're saying to get a tax expert to help you. What's another one? The common mistake that people make when filing their own is maybe you doing your own and, you know, What about maybe another just mistake, period, as it relates to taxes?
0: Yeah, you're just not setting up your withholdings correctly. Okay. Marking down the way that you do your deductions is key because there are so many people that miss out on thousands of dollars every year because they're not properly marking out their deductions Mm. making sure that even something simple like people will have their old address on their tax filings and so now when they when they mail you or issue your check if you're not doing direct deposit it can cause all sorts of delays or you possibly um you know having to resubmit your tax returns. So it's just the small things that we tend not to pay attention to, especially if we're in the process of moving and you haven't done your forwarding address and all of those things that can cause so many either delays or errors on your reports. So if you are stressing about filing your tax returns, sit down with a professional. Let them do their job. Let them properly educate you. Make sure that your information is correct. Comb through your stuff. Make sure it's right. Make sure you have everything filed properly, that your deductions are clear and that they're correct. And I think those are the main things that people mess up on for sure.
7: Mm, That's so good. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you are probably thinking, man, that's so good. I cannot afford a financial advisor. Some advisors, you don't have to necessarily pay a flat fee. Some you just pay maybe a percentage to. But when you go on the bougie banker, it's the bougie, B-O-U-J-E-E banker underscore. She has amazing tips. And guess what? There are 10 tax filing tips on there. She is a well of information. What's one step that people can do to start getting out from under that credit card debt?
0: Yes. So you have a couple of options. I have people come to me and they ask if they should consolidate their debt. Right. So they're like, oh, should I just get a personal loan and consolidate the debt? If you decide to go that route, my suggestion for that, if you want to consolidate, is that you go look at a credit union first. And then you also ask for the maximum amount of months that you have to pay off that balance transfer, essentially what you'll be doing. You'll get a personal loan with the credit bank and they'll do a balance transfer of all of your credit cards onto that one loan which will now drop the balances to all of your credit cards down to zero. And now instead of being responsible for seven different credit card payments that may equate to, you know, seven or $800, now you have one loan to pay off where the loan payments may be three or $400. And now you can apply, Mm. you know, $600 towards that and get it paid off sooner. And the interest typically is lower as well, opposed to having, you know, seven or eight credit cards. Now you just have this one responsibility to take care of. Okay. Um, Mm. The caution. There though is that now that you have all this available credits, you have to be responsible enough not to go back and use the credit cards, and then have all the credit card debt and the loan.
7: Right, honey, <laughs> I am so guilty. You pay that credit card down to zero, and it says available credit limit fifteen thousand, really? and you're like, ooh, I do need a new dresser. <laughs> I do oh, I do need some shoes, don't I? But do it got to be 15000 Now, the great thing about you, Raquel, is that you are a self-professed travel junkie. Yes. So we can talk about buying things on a budget, maybe a dresser on a budget. There are... Uh, certain things that are online where you get a West Elm or Restoration Hardware dresser for $100 that somebody just wants to get rid of. So you teach people on an average budget how they can save for a vacation. Now, if someone has debt or doesn't have a savings, should they go on vacation?
0: Yeah, I don't think you should. I don't think you should stop doing the things that make you happy. Um, because there's a certain, there's, there's making a decision and there's also like disregarding your peace of mind. Right. And if you're doing something that is taking away from your happiness or from your peace of mind, chances are, you're not going to stay in that lane. So if I get on a budget and I take away their ability to travel, or I take away their ability to go out to eat every once in a while, they're not going to stick to the budget because they're like, I'm I can't live. What I always say is a budget gives you control. So if you don't have a savings account and you're still in debt, what you can do is you can say, you know what, I, tr- I do like to travel. Well, instead of traveling every single quarter, let me just plan for this one trip once a year until I get my financial picture together. So but then you'll go through and factor in how much a typical trip will cost you. You'll take that number, divide it by 12, And so now every month you may have 50 to 50 bucks that's going towards it or 100 bucks that's going towards your annual trip. So now you have something to look forward to where you're essentially rewarding yourself for staying on a financial plan. Now, all this money that you're saving because you're not going on four trips a year, you're planning for this one trip now. Now you can take some of that money, have it budgeted to pay down debt. And take another portion and have it budgeted so that you have your emergency savings piled up. I, I so never good. want people to feel suffocated with their finances. It's all about living bougie and balanced. It's all about doing the things that you enjoy, but also having control to where it financially makes sense.
7: That's so good. You have been absolutely brilliant today. Y'all, she's got lots of classes that teach about financial health. But you also offer a freebie vault of material and resources on your website. The website is BeBougie.com. But let me not speak for you. Tell us maybe one of the freebies that's on your website.
0: Yeah, there's spending trackers, um, saving trackers in there. There's free PDFs that I've just found over time through doing different resources, whether it's on money management, investing, what that looks like for you. I definitely encourage you guys to go grab your freebies because oftentimes it's just like exposing yourself to something new. You know, and that can really be helpful for you. And if I could say this, Michelle, you kept mentioning something called the breakthrough. I'm actually I'm actually having a financial literacy and business development conference at the end of the month. And it's called the breakthrough experience. So it's all about breaking through the limiting barriers that you place on yourself, breaking into your financial success. So it's a financial literacy and business development conference. We have phenomenal speakers lined up. I'll be there. Ellie Talks Money will be there and countless other speakers and uh, people in the finance and business space that you may already know. So please come, y'all. I cultivated this space so that we can not only talk about money management. We could also talk about how to build our wealth and most importantly, protecting it. I feel like so often we have these events where we're always talking about, get to the money, get to the bag, do this. We have to protect generational wealth and we have to learn how to create it first. you know. And so I really want to bring everyone to a space to have that conversation. I would love for you guys to come. The website is breakthroughexp.com.
7: All right, we in there like swimwear. Listen, I think um, one of the reasons why I'm so engaged is because you've been through not having. You've been through the, okay, I got to get myself up. Okay, I can do this. And we are here today. Your book is translated into various countries. And you are just helping and you're freeing people to get out of debt and to be great investors. Please, wherever you are, clap your hands. Give love, give her a follow again. She's on Instagram at the bougie banker underscore. Show her some love for Kel Curtis. Thank you for checking in. Thank you so much, Michelle. This was amazing. You're awesome. You are welcome. You <laughs> are welcome. Mm, listen, this was so informative. Uh, Raquel, a.k.a. The Bougie Banker, just came with so much knowledge. She was just a well wanting to pour, pour, pour everything that she has in her. And I'm truly, truly thankful for her. Again, she's got many classes and books, stuff that is at no cost to you at BeBougie.com. It's the word B-B-E-B-O-U-J-E-E.com forward slash the bougie banker. Follow her on Instagram. Again, her Instagram handle is the bougie banker underscore the B-O-U, J E E B A N K E R underscore. She's gonna help you budget, save, invest, and help you continue to, you know, change your mindset as it relates to money if that's what you desire, okay? I'm so excited for folks that are on their way to um, a different type of freedom and that freedom is financial freedom. Guess what? You deserve it. Your family deserves it. Your legacy deserves it. Listen, please know that you're loved and guess what? You're loved by me. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Checking in with Michelle Williams is a production of iHeartRadio and The Black Effect. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon Podcast has revolutionized over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cozy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed To make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Discover a new educational and interactive podcast, Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids.